Hey, everybody. Welcome back on the Macro Compass. This is Alf speaking. This is a free, full-length piece available to everybody. If you find it valuable, consider subscribing to the premium The Macro Compass service. Week in and week out, we deliver institutional-level macro strategy in plain English at a fraction of the cost. You can click at the button on top of the article or at the bottom if you're interested. But now let's get into the piece. The YOLO crowd is back with a vengeance. Over the last month, we have seen nearly bankrupt companies rallying 100% in a single day and companies reporting awful earnings staging a 20% plus rally the day after. In other words, YOLO is back, bro. Now, in this piece, what we try to do is look back and first of all, quantitatively assess the mechanics behind this big meme YOLO rally. And then answer the big question ahead. If bond deals are at 5%, cash-like products are 5% yielding now, how on earth is that we are still witnessing such a high beta rally? And is this the start of a new bull market or not? Let's first answer the question, how did we get there? What are the mechanics behind this big meme rally? Let's go back to early November 2022. Do you remember, guys, that the leading narrative back then was that Powell was channeling his inner Volcker? As the momentum of core inflation kept increasing, the Fed was revising their expectation for terminal rate higher and higher. Have a look at the first chart in the piece. The Fed back then was all about tighter financial conditions, which is jargon for less animal spirits, a stronger US dollar, higher borrowing costs, lower multiples. Especially higher borrowing costs are lethal for very leveraged interest rate sensitive sectors like home builders, real estate, unprofitable tech, and the meme YOLO stocks. Have a look at the second chart in the article where I show how tighter financial conditions in orange lead to pretty sharp drawdowns in home builders, for example, that is a very interest rate financial condition sensitive sector, and vice versa. When the orange line financial conditions are becoming looser, that's good for home builders. The blue line goes up. Not only that, back then, the uncertainty around the Fed terminal rate led to the fact that the bond market was very volatile. And as we already explained, a rising bond market volatility hurts risk sentiment because fixed income is the backbone of many institutional portfolios, and it's there to act as a volatility stabilizer. But if bond market volatility is increasing, its role is over. It doesn't dampen overall portfolio volatility, but instead it contributes to it. And at that point, it's very hard to take additional risks in such an environment. That was the situation back in November. But back then, something abruptly changed. We got a couple of disinflationary prints. And before the recent revisions, it even seemed that Powell's preferred measure of sticky inflation core services X housing, that stick inflation seemed to be decelerating on a trending basis. And on the back of these disinflationary prints in early November, the bond market staged the relief rally and Powell didn't fight back against it at all. And this is when the magic starts to happen. This was the first step that led, in the end, to the mechanical YOLO meme rally we have seen. The mechanical buying flows from leveraged investors started kicked in on a very large scale. And here is how it works. 
commodity trading advisors, the CTAs, risk parity, volatility targeting funds, they often use volatility as one of their buying-selling signals. The more implied volatility drops and also realized volatility keep, keeps declining, the more these accounts can lever up and buy as volatility is lower, leverage is more affordable from a risk perspective. These accounts receive a signal to lever up and buy. These mechanical flows coming from the systematic strategies can be very large. I estimate that the systematic strategies can easily buy $1 to $2 billion of U.S. stocks per day, and the more volatility remains compressed for longer, the longer these buying flows can last day after day. And have a look at that chart in the article that shows implied and realized volatility coming down very rapidly since November, both in the bond in the stock market, but also in the FX market. So these mechanical flows were kicking in in November and actually kept going basically uh, for also December and January especially. But why do these mechanical flows matter? They matter because they're model-driven, valuation and price insensitive nature has quite a disproportionate effect on two types of stocks. The most shorted and aided stocks out there, if there are mechanical large buying flows, you basically are forced to cover your shorts and also the least liquid and more um, flow-prone sectors of the stock market because if that sector is pretty um, illiquid and there are mechanical buying flows coming in, you can expect the effect to be pretty disproportionate on the, on the smallest, least liquid sectors. And now think back in November. What sectors qualify to be the most short and aided and the least liquid sectors? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much most short and aided home builders, real estate, smallest, least liquid sectors, meme, yellow stocks, unprofitable tech, and so on and so forth. They really fit the bill for this dual definition, which means the short squeeze has been gigantic so far. And it's well reflected in these two charts from Goldman Sachs. Macro investors were caught pretty short tech between November and January. And these mechanical systematic buying flows that we discussed actually caused an extreme short covering from the macro investor community. If you look at that chart, you will see that particularly over the last two weeks, the extent of short covering in tech has been almost unprecedented. And to further validate this short squeeze thesis, the worst performer in 2022 happened to be exactly the best performers of 2023 so far. So the nature of this rally is a reflexive rally that comes as a massive short squeeze driven and launched by systematic buying flows that have been green-lighted by lower implied and realized volatility. YOLO, actually the meme and the YOLO stocks guys are even standing out in the crowd in this reflexing rally. Now that we have explained the mechanical nature behind this rally, the big question awaits us. Let's have a look at where we stand today and what lies ahead of us. Our interactive volatility-adjusted market dashboard tool points to some interesting inconsistencies because looking at the last month, US front-end nominal rates have moved by over two standard deviations. Long-dated real yields trade above 100 basis points. That's quite a restrictive level. The dollar is strengthening against major currencies. Bond stock and FX implied volatility has stabilized. It's not coming down anymore. And the systematic vault targeting accounts might have well exhausted most of their buying needs. And yet, 
the Nasdaq and the Russell are still up 3 to 6% over the last month. Can this continue? Are we in a new bull market? And look, there are two realities to face. The first is that markets can remain irrational longer than we can remain solvent. We always need to remember that. And the second is that long-lasting bull markets require rapidly expanding valuations and or strong earnings growth. And I'm going to make the case that we don't see neither of these conditions strongly validated yet. But first, let's talk about the fact that markets can remain irrational longer than we can remain solvent. The dot-com bubble and the U.S. housing market frenzy both happened with Fed funds not at 0%, but at 5 to 6%, which means it's not only a low interest rate story, but animal spirits can proliferate even when interest rates are not so low and can be very hard to contain. But the Fed doesn't really have a choice because after the recent revisions to CPI numbers, the sticky inflation, core services X housing CPI, is still running at over 4% annualized levels. And the US labor market, even if you adjust for seasonal adjustments and look under the hood, keeps adding jobs at an underlying realistic pace of 150, 200,000 jobs per month. So the Fed in this situation will be forced to keep risk-free rates at 5% plus for three to four quarters to come. Those are risk-free rates, which means mortgage rates and borrowing rates for the real economy will be around 7 to 8% for a long time to come. With these risk-free and borrowing rates, it's hard to make the case for rapidly expanding valuations, which if you remember, is one of the conditions for long-lasting bull markets. What about growth? On the growth front, check this. Between 2010 and 2020, we barely managed to produce an average 2% real GDP growth. And Fed funds rate, if I ask you what was the average Fed funds rate between 2010 and 2020, the answer is 0.62%. Average real GDP growth, 2%. What makes you sure that we will be able to avoid a medium-term recession and realize decent growth with Fed funds not at 0.62%, but over 5% for quarters and quarters to come. I don't believe that the conditions are yet met for a long-lasting bull market. And once we have explained why the leaders of this massive uh, bear market rally had actually led the rally on the way up, I can say pretty confidently that I will maybe have fun staying poor, but I do not YOLO here. If you found this piece valuable, guys, consider subscribing to the Premium The Macro Compass service. On that premium platform, we do the hard work to deliver high-quality macro insights, interactive tools, and actionable investment strategy week in, week out, day in, day out. We proud ourselves with institutional-level macro strategy in plain English at a fraction of the cost. You can click on the button, get me in at the end of the article, or check out the website at the end of the, of the piece as well for more information. Thank you again for all the support you guys have been giving me for now 15 months and counting. You guys are great. And uh, I uh, really would like to take the occasion to thank you again and to wish you a very nice weekend.